the crew all season long on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios in downtown Milwaukee at the Avenue. Here is your host, Dominic Catronio. By any means necessary, right? Just get the job done. And that's exactly what the Brewers did tonight. They didn't even need a strikeout. They didn't walk anybody. They allowed seven hits, but only two runs scored. Only one of them was earned. The Brewers win 4-2 over the Blue Jays. It is level at a game apiece. They will go for the series tomorrow with Freddie Peralta on the mound. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank talking text line. Old National Bank, get old one more time. 855-616-1620. So proof, I am not bad luck. We've got Jeff Cirillo with us here again today. So... They got the loss yesterday with Greg Matzik. I'm back today, got the win, so we can not talk about what happened last time I missed a show in St. Louis and the 18-run game, yada, yada. It's over now. No jinxes here. Some positive vibes to start the show tonight. Yeah, what a, what a good win. I'm glad you're back. Uh, I, I, I mean, you, you circle some wins, and this is a big win, right? You're playing a great team. You're on a, on a long road trip again, and uh, you haven't been playing great. And just to get another shot in the arm from a guy – you know, that was really just, you know, in AAA in San Diego, and right? Um, I mean, you can see it's almost like an old-school type type pitching performance, right? Just movement and, and command, right? Not a lot of swing and miss, but DeHaron just gave the, the Brewers a great shot in the arm tonight. Yeah, Tehran was great. Abraham Toro had sure. the big swing as well. Starting with the offense, though, here, I mean, there was just like a little bit from just about everybody. I mean, not everybody had a great night at the plate. Telez and Contreras were over, but obviously we talk about Toro hitting the line shot, Homer. The theme of the night, though, was two strike hitting six hits with two strikes, one shy of their season high. This is a team that can be a victim of the strikeout here and there, but they barely struck out tonight as an offense, and obviously they were producing despite being behind in the count. What did you see? Well, I just saw the, the Toro, right? I'm just a, a Canadian-born guy just uh, infused into the lineup. Um, another guy that was added, another piece that was just down in AAA. Tonight just gave the Brewers a great shot in the shot in the arm, and, and, and Owen Miller just another just capped off a, an incredible month, right? If you were started the season in spring training when you leave and you think that Owen Miller is going to be sitting in the middle of the order, you know you're just going to be like, whoa, something might not have gone wrong. But hats off to Owen Miller and everyone tonight for for getting those two out hits or I two mean, strike hits, excuse me. Yeah, I mean think about it with Owen too, in particular with him, right? He just finished up April in which he hit three sixty three, uh, seven doubles, four homers. Uh, a 995 OPS, I mean, ridiculous stuff. And they mentioned it on the air that Owen, now he finishes the month of May hitting over 350, and he had more than 10 extra base hits. The last guy to have something like that for a month, hit over 350 and 10 extra base hits, was Ryan Braun in August of 2019, his favorite player growing up. So that's some cool uh, synergy there, your old teammate. Yeah, that's great. I mean, uh, I, I just love success stories like that. Right? Uh, Mariners had one last year in Sam Haggerty, and this year it's, it's Owen Miller, right? I mean, kind of came out of nowhere and, and doing what he does. And just and for, for the hometown team, right, growing up there, just a great uh, baseball story. And, you know, obviously the Brewers need him, need him desperately for the, for, for the rest of the season, for sure. He's going to – I mean, let's also take a pause because we know this is ridiculously white hot right now. You have to say there's going to be a regression. You just hope that with a guy 
with his approach, right, he's a guy that just refuses to strike out. I mean, this is maybe my favorite number for him in the month. He hits 11 extra base hits in the month of May. He only had 13 strikeouts for the entire month. Well, he's a dude that puts bat the ball, refuses to K, and good things tend to happen. Love guys like him, right? I mean, even when he gets down by two strikes, you can see him just fighting and fighting, fighting. Like every bat is important, and just uh, it's great to see. And uh, you know, sometimes that can be an infectious deal too, right? I mean, Owen Miller's there, and you look at what he's doing. You know, especially limiting the strikeouts, right? I mean, baseball's hard enough as it is, and when you can control that zone, it makes it a lot easier. I mean, I'm just looking at the numbers now. When he's behind in the count this season. His numbers are virtually equal to what they are when he's ahead in the count. He's just a hitter. He is up there, ready to swing at all times. His clutch two-run double there gave them some key insurance to make it a 4-1 ball game at the time. The Brewers would win this one by a final of 4-2. A couple of texts that have come in here. One from Josh. This is a nice win despite some blemishes. Said previously ready for May to end, but Owen Miller may not feel the same. What a month for him. Now, he's not going to be the player of the month because uh, I don't know if any y'all, any of y'all have seen what Freddie Freeman's been doing down in Los Angeles. But for the Brewers, I, I had this stat ready to go earlier today on with our friends on television. When Christian Yelich, you know, you may see a mundane stat line, right? One for four, a walk, a strikeout, scored a run. He also had a stolen base on that clutch double steal with Weimer. It, it's very simple. But when the Brewers, when Christian Yelich... Gets on base twice, at least twice in a game, right? He's a leadoff guy. He's trying to get on base. The Brewers coming into tonight had a record of 17 and 9. Well, now they're 18 and 9. When he just reaches base twice, it makes the lineup a little bit longer and sets the stage for drive in runs, have opportunities to run that scoring position. Tonight, four runs was just enough. Runs like when you put Christian Dulwich in that leadoff spot, he's going to be working the counts, especially. You know, it's a job of leadoff hitter. At least it was in the, back in the day where you take pitches and kind of let the other guys see, and he's kind of dictating what the game is going to be like. So, like you said, you know, he only got on base twice tonight. He got a hit, and then uh, and then he, and he drew a walk and he stole a base. So he did a lot of good things out there tonight. And the the Brewers, I mean, their defense was obviously on their toes all night. Obviously, we said a moment ago at the top, no strikeouts, also no walks from the Brewers pitching staff. It's only the seventh time that has ever happened in Brewers history. And they won the game, so that's certainly really fun to talk about and keep things a little bit lighter uh, in that regard. But And, and then here, one more note on, on regards to the four-run total. We've talked about this before plenty, Jeff. The fact that the Brewers are 25-4, and 25-4, and four, when they just score four runs. That's it. That's all they're asking for, four runs. That's an 862 winning percentage. That's the best in baseball. That's all they need when the pitching staff, even on a night when they're facing a great offense, they didn't strike out anybody, and they still get the win. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's a blueprint for success this year, obviously, with the Brewers. Is it's pitching defense and kind of give it over to the back end with Williams at the end, and it's been just unstoppable and unbeatable when they get to that situation. It's almost, uh, it's like, it's almost like a game plan. They're game planning the game. It's like, hey, just get us four runs, and we'll take care of the rest. And we'll get into a little bit more of the pitching here coming up on the other side of the break. The Brewers get a big victory to level the series at a game apiece. You're listening to Brewers Extra Innings presented by Fifth Third Bank with a local Milwaukee team. Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years and offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities to help your business succeed. 
This is commercial banking value. Only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank National Association member FDIC. Brewers win 4-2. More reaction with Jeff Cirillo after this. On deck, more Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Brewers win. I'm Dom Catronio. You can tweet in at Dom underscore Catronio. You can also text in 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. We're with Jeff Cirillo still here on the program. Now we got to give a little more direct kudos to Julio Tehran today. I mean... Tehran goes six strong innings, no walks, no strikeouts, as we've reported before. He only allowed four hits and one unearned run. And kind of similar to when Colin Ray first arrived, you can now say two starts into Julio Tehran's tenure, he has given the Brewers two chances to win. Now, he has certainly exceeded expectations, only allowing one run in each of those games. But the fact is, the Brewers took a chance, said, hey, you've got plenty of big league experience under your belt. Let's see if you can get some of that experience here in the big leagues. And he looked like a veteran pitcher against a very aggressive team today. Yeah, I mean, he was polished. I mean, this is a, this guy's a two-time all-star, right? The stuff's backed up a little bit. But, you know, I mean, it, it, the sinker was heavy, right? It, the ball was just kept going on the ground. And I know that there's a pitch clock now, but he just looked like he was really working fast, really energetic on the field. And when you have a guy like that that's just pounding the zone like that and hitting his spots, the defense is on his toes and just... You can see he had a ton of energy and a ton of confidence throwing the ball tonight. He had eight ground ball outs of 22 balls in play. Of course, obviously he didn't have any strikeouts tonight. Seven of those coming on the sinkers. I mean, the Brewers got a ton of ground ball outs tonight, actually, of their balls in play. Uh, a total of uh, 17. Uh, let me double-check the box score on that one. But the Brewers, looking at what they got out of Julio Tehran, I mean, quite frankly... He could have kept going. I mean, he was only at 79 pitches. I understand why they pulled him out, given he had the off day on Monday. You wanted to make sure you got some work in for your guys and, and don't push it. But, I mean, I personally, I wouldn't have minded if Julio went back out there for one more inning. But I, I also still understand why Craig didn't do it. When he did it, did we had a deal. He probably didn't want him to face the lineup three times through. You know, just that's kind of the new standard deal. Amazing baseball, but I mean, he did his job, and I mean, he really gave the Brewers a shot in the arm on a on a tough road trip. Right, anytime you go on a road trip, and last night you kind of got bounced, and you're playing a very very good team, you know, in the Blue Jays, and so it, it was a great win. It's, I think it's one of those wins that you circle, uh, especially early on in the road trip. This is one that you know you, you would call as the Brewers call it maybe a puzzle piece win, especially if they win the series tomorrow against a great pitcher and Kevin Gossman. In that, this is where you're learning about your team. These puzzle piece wins where you're fitting it, you're forming the picture, you're understanding what your season's going to look like. Because obviously, that picture has changed now here at the end of May as it was from the beginning of the season, right? They are a very different team, not just uh, in style of play, but in personnel from the original team that broke camp, right? You were thinking they were going to be a speed-based team and a contact-oriented team. Now it's more of a gap-to-gap put the ball in play still, but less speed because of the fact that Garrett Mitchell is gone, Joey Weimer and Bryce Terang have slowed down, but the pitching is still there. And today, the bullpen in particular, 
bend but don't break. He allowed one insurance run to score there in the uh, seventh inning against Piams, but he pitched great. Then Strezlecki gets back on the horse, and Devin Williams, he doesn't need to strike out the world to get a save, and he got the job done. I I loved seeing a new way to win a game for the Brewers because that can give them confidence that, oh, hey, we don't need to strike out the world to win every game. That's right, and sometimes the offense kind of goes dormant, and, and, and you have all these pieces that are around, especially in the starting. It's it's, it's kind of the old adage, right? Like, like pitching and defense and team speed, right? And so when they when they broke camp with Mitchell out in center field, you know, Weimer wasn't even on the team, but but I think that that, that they with the new rules being in play with the no shifting and the and the, the, the pickoffs and things like that, that they knew that speed and defense were going to be there be the, the key to success and and it really has has been true to form especially we saw it early in april and it, it's really that defense that's really kept them in this race bryce made a couple of nice plays to his left up the middle brian anderson showed off his arm and oh by the way another reason why craig council is such a great manager in the fact that you know he knows in those last two innings he needs to make the defense switch Switching out Adrian Toro, not that he's a bad third baseman, but Brian Anderson's a better one. And putting Tyrone Taylor, a natural outfielder, to right field. And it paid off for him there with a couple of great arms from Brian Anderson. This defense, it's ready to go on any given night. And what I see from them, yes, there was a bad throw earlier in that game from Abraham Toro, but he knocked down another ball. He, he I mean, this team, it's, it's not maybe gold glove no doubt, slam dunk guys that are going to be receiving hardware at the end of the season. But you add them up at some of their parts. These are the two best teams in baseball at defense, according to the advanced metrics like defensive runs saved and outs above averaging. These are the two best. And you could see why it was such a tight game and they're so closely knit. And it seems like every ground ball, every fly ball, oh, no, they got a guy there. Oh, there's a guy there. Kevin Kiermaier flying everywhere. Bryce Terrain. I mean, it's just good quality baseball, I think is what I'm trying to get to. I love watching good quality games like this. As do I, right? And, uh, and, and knowing counsel pretty good. The way I do, I, you got to you got to peel the onion back a little bit. You got to know that that I mean, he, he didn't have the greatest tools in the world, right? I think he's a senior pick out of Notre Dame, so he had to do everything fundamentally right, you know, on the baseball field. And defense is is a main reason, right? The reason that Craig Council was able to play till he was 41 years old was because, you know, the greatest the greatest compliment someone can give you, right, is, is when the glove opens, you're out, right? And so, I know that the emphasis is on defense, and 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 it's paying head. I mean. I can't say it enough, right? I mean, the pitchers know it. They know they have a great defense out there. It means they can pound the zone. And defense wins games, especially these little, like those um, those games I always talk about, right? Those other 42 games over the course of the season. This was certainly one of those as the Brewers improved to 29-26. and 26. The Blue Jays are now 29-27. and 27. Julio Tehran gets his first win as a Brewer and this year in the big leagues. And just give you some love, some credit to the scouts, right? Always got to give some love to the scouts who knew that, hey, Julio Tehran's got an opt-out. Got to keep an eye on this guy. He's pitching well in AAA. And those are the scouts and those are the folks and those advanced scout and research. Hey, we might take a flyer on this guy. And it's paid off for them. Yeah, right. I mean, uh, Colin Ray as well. Um, you know, I'm drawing a blank on the guy right now. Other name. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, like you said, you know, the guys, they pick up and, and they see some value in them. And, and right, you said the velocity is not there as far as the, the metrics go, as standard of base. But I think the average pass was 93.5. You know, he wasn't really certain on that tonight. So, but a winner, he's, he's went, made, made two all-star games, you know, a new shot in the arm, right, a new lease of life. Sometimes that motivates a guy, and, and the, the Brewers are reaping those rewards. 
It's a, a good step forward and a big win. Got to get the uh, series done tomorrow. We're going to talk a little more specific with the difference-making moment. Get you ready for Freddie versus Gossman tomorrow. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. Stay with us. More to come on Brewers Extra Innings. Coming up, more Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Wholesale mulch? No problem. We deliver to residential or wholesale accounts, and we can supply you with whatever volume of the highest quality mulch you need. Nobody around here has more mulch than Ericsson's. We'll deliver you a one-yard pickup truck load all the way up to 100 yards in a walking floor trailer. And if you just need a little bit, swing by and we'll fill up a five-gallon bucket or two. It's the best mulch you'll find. Ericsson's Landscape Supply. High-quality mulch and stone for a whole lot less. Commercial or residential. Visit Ericsson'sLandscapeSupply.com to see our entire selection. Our decorative stone is available by the handful for pickup, all the way up to 24-ton load deliveries. And our stone is superlative. We scour the countryside, countrywide, from Arizona to the Carolinas. We search pretty much the whole U.S. of A. To find you easily the best stone selection in southeastern Wisconsin. See a rainbow of decorative stone colors to match any exterior decor. Ericsson's Landscape Supply. High-quality mulch and stone for a whole lot less. Commercial or residential, visit ericksonslandscapesupply.com to see our entire selection. To be made in the image of God, Father, Son, and Spirit is to be made to be in relationships of love, loved first and foremost by the God of love, in order to love one another with a rightly ordered love. Hear guest speaker, Pastor John Nunes, in a message titled, It's All Good Even When It's Not, this week on The Lutheran Hour. The Lutheran Hour, Sunday mornings at 6.30 on WTMJ. Spas, spas, spas. The Swim Spa Hot Tub and Sauna Show is coming this weekend only to the Wisconsin State Fair Cream Puff Pavilion. Rows and rows of spas, hot tubs, and swim spas. The largest display in the state. Save up to 60% off retail. This weekend only at the Wisconsin State Fair Cream Puff Pavilion. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Brewers win 4-2. Game 2 of the series in Toronto. It's even at a game apiece. And back for Game 3 tomorrow at noon. 12.07. Weird start times out there north of the border. I'm Dom Catronio with Jeff Cirillo. We're going to talk about our difference-making moment in a second, but I want to get to the phone lines here. Doug and Baraboo, you've been waiting patiently here on the line. Doug, you are on Brewers Extra Innings. Yeah, good evening, guys. Well, very, very nice win. Say, Dom, I wanted to go back a few nights when you were uh, talking to Jeff, and he said, uh, at what point do you not platoon? And I, I think Craig Council is, uh, he's hes so much into, first of all, I'm all into Craig Council. I think he's just, just great. I, I love him. But I think he's so much into the left bat, you know, left-handed pitcher, right-handed batters, and in uh, the numbers and so on and so forth, that I don't think he will, Stop uh, platooning, and, and and all, and I also think it's it's he's an example. When he played, he was great. He could he he could bat against anybody. He could sit on the bench for five days and come up, and uh, the next night come in and, and hit and, and and score RBIs. But as an example, and I don't want to I don't want to compare individuals, but say for instance, going into last night, I was looking at Judd from the Yankees, and he's got 15 home runs and. Uh, he's, he actually, I think, missed 10 or 11 games, and he had 196 plate appearances, whereas uh, Rowdy had uh, 12 home runs and, uh, you know, 178 uh, plate appearances. And last night uh, was one of those things where Rowdy 
didn't come in until he had a pinch hit because of the uh, right because of the lefty on the mound. Right here, I I, I yeah. get what you're saying, Doug. I really do. But Rowdy would laugh at you right now that he's that you're comparing his numbers to Aaron Judge's. But I know what you're trying to I don't say want to in compare, that. Not, I'm, I'm comparing the concept, not the people. Right. All right. You're, you're comparing the fact that Judge is a power hitter to Les is a power hitter. Give your best hitter to this point in the season more yep. at bats. I totally get that. When it comes to Rowdy, yeah. I really do appreciate the call there, Doug. But when it comes to Rowdy, for one, his defense is fine. It's league average. So the other thing is the Brewers don't have another traditional first baseman behind him. I think we're going to see a lot more of Rowdy Telez moving forward. We'll see Darren Ruff very rarely, I think, at first base. You'll see Owen Miller and Brasso at first. But I think we're going to see a lot more of of Telez moving forward. But, Jeff, I'll bring you in here. When it comes to platooning and with a team that is kind of depleted elsewhere – Sometimes platoons can help get the best out of what you have, meaning, you know, if you don't have to face, have Bryce face lefties, he's not going to face lefties. If you don't have to have Rowdy face lefties, who has struggled against lefties the last two years, you don't have to face them and try to get the most out of what you actually have. And I get why it's such a divisive issue. Well, there's a few things, right? And you got to kind of, you know, go inside the locker room, really, right? You got to see how Telez is swinging. One, you got to look at Kikuchi and see how he does. Like, if, if right handers are dominating Kikuchi and you can get Brasso in there for a game, you know, then you're going to play the matchup, right? Uh, so I, I think when, when it's a lefty, that, that maybe his numbers aren't extreme um, on the split, right? Left, right. So you load the lineup, right? I mean, you see when the Brewers, like when, when Adrian Hauser pitches, you know, ever, the team over there, they're trying to fill the, fill the lineup with as many lefties as they possibly can because the numbers dictate that, that Hauser is better against righties than lefties. So, I mean, it, it plays into it. You know, it's a, it's a matter of if Telez is swinging the bat, great. Then I'm guaranteeing that he's going to be in there against even a Kikuchi, just here right in the hot hand. Yeah, I, I, I could totally see it, but Doug, really do appreciate the call there. Russ, I'm going to get to you in just a second. Got to make the sponsors happy here real quick. Right now, it's time for our difference-making mode of the game. Brought to you by Annex Wealth Management. Annex Wealth Management's different, not driven by commission sales or pushing financial products you may not actually need, but for elite, comprehensive financial planning, customized to who you are and what you need, contact Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference at AnnexWealth.com. Jeff, you have the floor first. What was your difference-making moment tonight? Well, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Mazet that brought in. Right, he has an unbelievable year having, and uh, first and second. And Weimer it was good to see him get a couple hits tonight. Right, I mean it's, those are needed hits. I think him stealing third base, setting up the situation, knowing as a hitter, I know that I'd rather have a guy at third base than than at second base, especially in, in a, in a run score situation. So I think that that the stealing of third base. Uh, Dictated the four two and giving the or four one giving the Brewers some cushion. Yeah, that's huge. And and no, by the way, doing that against their only lefty in the pen and Mesa. So that was a great inning from them. The offense collectively. My difference making moment is actually going to go back. I'm going to go to the inning bottom half of that seventh inning. You get a leadoff double and an infield weird single from Whit Merrifield. So you got runners on uh, the corners with nobody out, and then you've got a guy with a knack for contact, Alejandro Kirk, coming up. Uh, and then you've got Kevin Biggio and Kevin Kiermaier. And Kiermaier has been tremendous this year. Don't be fooled by the fact that he's batting ninth. The fact that Piams got out of that seventh inning with just a ground-out RBI 
You know, you would have traded a sacrifice fall. You would trade a ground out. That's why he played the infield back being up 4-1. to one. The fact that he didn't allow another hit after that, I thought, was so huge for the confidence of this bullpen and the confidence for Yoel to continue to be the guy that he has been so far this season. Yeah, I'm not going to defer to you on this one. I think the stolen base was a little bit bigger, but but I agree with you. <laughs> the stolen base was huge because it set the stage for two runs to score as opposed to only one run to score. Jeff, before we let you go, I want to get back to the phone line. Russ has been waiting patiently. Russell, you're here in Milwaukee. You're live on Brewers Extra Innings. Yes, uh, hello. Do you think there's any chance that the Brewers might try to reacquire Jesus Aguilar? I know he was just released recently. Um, yeah, yeah I appreciate the call. This was this was something that popped up on my Twitter feed a lot here, Jeff. Uh, I just want to read the numbers for the folks who want that reunion, want to feel fun about Aguilar coming back. He's hitting 221. He's got a 281 on base. Uh, he had five homers, only two doubles. He had 31 strikeouts and eight walks. And in case you're wondering, remember, uh, Aggie needs to hit lefties in order for him to break through into this order because that's what the Brewers need from a backup first baseman right now. Against lefties this year, he was better than he was last year. 280. Four of his five homers were against lefties. But they've got Darren Ruff. Uh, I would be personally surprised if they brought back Aggie. I don't know about you, Jeff, but that, that's just my take. I'm in. I'm in on him. I'd sign him to a AAA contract, see him down there in stockpile the situation. Um, I, I just know going back to Milwaukee where he had a ton of success. Sometimes that gets you a little revitalized. I, I, I don't see I don't see a downfall to the situation of signing with a triple A contract at all. Yeah, and it's just the question is, will he accept a triple-A contract, which is what the Brewers would be uh, hoping he would accept. So maybe Aggie coming back. Who knows? But that's that's a question for another time. But, hey, real quick, Freddie Peralta tomorrow. The Brewers had, didn't win a start of his in the month of May. Well, the good thing is tomorrow is June 1st. So what do you see from Freddie tomorrow? What, I'm sure he's going to get one strikeout tomorrow, given what we saw today. What are you going to see from him to make sure he's on track against the Blue Jays? Well, I think he pitched against Tampa Bay, and he pitched great, right? I mean, they were in a, in a situation where they were struggling to score runs, and I think that he pitched great that game. Uh, he's up against a really tough customer tomorrow in Gossman. I mean, it's going to be one of those games where, you know, I think it's going to be tight. The defense got to be tight, and he's going to have to just control the zone and, and, and not let those um, those hitter scenarios where it's 2-0, 3-1, and, you know, he's got to kind of – I mean, it's the old adage, right? You know, just throw strike one, right, just get ahead of hitters. Yeah, throw strike one, and good things tend to happen. Jeff Cirillo with the analysis here on WTMJ. Thanks as always, Jeff, and uh, enjoy uh, the day game tomorrow. No post-game show for us, but we'll holler at you again soon again. All right. Thanks, Tom. See you later. All right. Jeff Cirillo here on the program. We're going to talk hot and cold coming up next. More of your texts and calls, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. Stay with us. Brewers Extra Innings. Coming up, more Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Welcome back, Brewers. Get victory. We're with you till the bottom of the hour, 1030, coming up here on WTMJ. My thanks to Jeff Cirillo. I'm Dom Catronio. A couple more texts here as well. Uh, this one, you got to put your name where you're from, y'all. A great win tonight for the Brewers. Unfortunately, a year where the Brewers are full of injuries, and the list goes on, of course. Can't wait to see you at the, uh, at the ballpark as well. Hopefully the team will be 
back by July and back in better shape. And Willie Adamas, of course. Thanks for the text there. When we talk about injuries right now, we expect, we don't know for sure yet, but we expect Willie Adamas to be activated off the concussion IL this weekend against the Reds. Uh, He has been working out back here in Milwaukee. The Brewers said that he would meet the team in Cincinnati over the weekend, a wraparound series with the Reds. Just one of those weird ones here where Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then the Brewers come back home for a six-game homestand with the Orioles and the A's, some interleague action coming up. But the sooner they get healthier, the better. A couple of the updates we got today as far as health goes is that Eric Lauer threw a bullpen session. He is continuing to work back from his shoulder injury right now. And uh, the other day, Craig Council revealed the fact that Wade Miley has been really ramping up quickly. And the next step for him to start throwing off a mound, he's been throwing harder uh, on his flat ground sessions. And maybe he could be back a little bit sooner than our initial conservative six- to eight-week timeline for his shoulder issue. Another guy that we got an update on uh, just at the end of the homestand was Brandon Woodruff. I've been saying this for a while. The Brewers kind of confirmed it and saying we'd be shocked if he's back before the All-Star break. But there is still a plan for him to be back in July. So that's how it looks right now. Woodruff had to be shut down for a few days just for general rest, just to make sure everything was going as it was supposed to as he recovers from his subscap strain in his right shoulder. So the Brewers have a lot of momentum going. And this is the point I was trying to make on Sunday's show after uh, the Brewers got the finale against the Giants. The point is, everyone wants to talk about the fact that, oh man, the Brewers could not take uh, control of the division. They could have been running away at this point. They could be so far ahead of everybody in the Central. But they're not. But here we are at the end of May. They're still in first place. They're at 29 and 26. Uh, the Pirates won tonight as well. They beat the Giants, so they remain one game up on Pittsburgh, who's only one game up on 500 themselves. The Cardinals are off the next two days, so don't get me started on what kind of a week the schedule makers had this week for Major League Baseball. But the point I'm trying to make here, just about everything that could have gone wrong has gone wrong for the Brewers. And yet... They're hanging in there. And they also have stuff to look forward to, right? They can look forward to Miley returning, to Woodruff returning, to Urias returning, maybe as soon as first week of June, targeting maybe that homestand against the Orioles, which would mean we would get the Urias brothers, Viva uh, Magdalena, shout out to Mexico. You would have the Urias brothers, Ramon and Luis, Face off against each other. Of course, Ramon, third baseman for the Orioles. Luis, second baseman, third baseman for the Brewers. So that will be a lot of fun to look forward to on the homestand as well. So he's on the way back. Uh, You've got exciting guys in in the farm system too. Maybe Sal Freelich makes an appearance in the second half of the season once he's healthy and he's swinging again when he recovers from his ligament injury in his thumb on that slide that jammed his hand. Uh, Then, obviously, everyone's going to be talking about the fact that you know, Tyler Black has been off to an incredible start this season for the Brewers down in AA. When does he move up to AAA? Could he be a factor down the stretch? Jackson Churio is not going to be a factor down the stretch, y'all. Hate the Burster Bubble. Love the episode on the freshman. Hope you enjoyed that. Check it out. Brewers YouTube page. Jackson Churio, top prospect according to Baseball America. Uh, he is going to be a star. He's only 19 years old. He's got the brace face and the pimple. He's just It's just a great story from Venezuela. Uh, now tearing up the the Southern League. And in case you wanted to really know a realistic timeline, right? I mean, 
it would still be kind of ridiculous if he's in the big leagues by the end of next year, if we're being completely honest, right? He'll be only 20 years old. He turns 20 in March. So he's a very, very, very young player. for his, He's the youngest player in AA starting the year. He's starting to get things going back in the right direction. He had a really slow start to his year. He's starting to get things going again. Now on the year, uh, looking uh, at the whole season here. Come on, pull up here. The uh, things are slowing down on me right now. But he's hitting 254, which doesn't tell you everything. I want to remind you, too, that the Southern League is a very well-known pitcher's league. It's got some big ballparks, humid air, usually wind blowing in, that sort of thing. It is a pitcher-friendly league. And this year it's been so odd given the fact that they're testing a sticky baseball in the first half of the season. And we've seen a lot more strikeouts and walks this year uh, and a lot more hit-by-pitches as guys adjust to that sticky baseball for the first half, trying to get some data on it. But here's a slash line for Churio. At 19 years old, 19, 254 average, 308 on base, 418 slugging. That's a 726 OPS. That's a little, a few points below league average. But again, he's 19 years old. Eight doubles, seven homers. He's got 12 stolen bases. Strikeouts are a little high. That's to be expected from a kid his age. Strikeouts are about 30% strikeout rate, which not great. But again, he's 19 years old. So I want to be surprised if he's down all year next year, because there's no rush. There's truly no rush. And if he can force his way onto the team, if he suddenly starts going on a tear and he tears up double A and he tears up triple A, you're going to have a hard time keeping him down at any point next season. I would be shocked, absolutely flabbergasted, if he arrives at any point this season. I want to take a moment to tell you about who's hot and who's cold. It's brought to you by Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Trusting your family's comfort at home with Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. And don't wait until it's too late for your AC preventative maintenance. Schedule your appointment today at Cider.com. Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Families helping families. Since 1912, Cider, S-E-I-D-E-R. Looking at who's hot, we've talked plenty about Owen Miller all month long. But it's got to go to Julio Tehran, right? He's got a .82 ERA since joining the Brewers. 11 innings, 8 hits, 2 runs, only 1 earned. He's only walked 1 batter. He struck out 5. Opponents hitting 195 against him. He has done more than enough in his first two starts for the Brewers back in the big leagues and doing his job after he was opted out from his minor league deal from the San Diego Padres. As for who's cold right now, I I teased this a moment ago, but I'm just going to kind of take a funny stance on the who's cold. The schedule makers. So not only do the the Cardinals get back-to-back off days today and tomorrow, they're going to get back-to-back off days again later in June. Twice in the span of a month, they're getting back-to-back off days. Mind you, the entire league wasn't even playing on a holiday, the unofficial start of summer, Monday being Memorial Day. Why isn't the entire league playing on Memorial Day? That makes zero sense. Make the off day Tuesday. Who cares? It doesn't make sense. And then you've got the Brewers doing this wraparound series against the Reds Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. It makes no sense that the Brewers were off on Memorial Day but have to play a wraparound series against Cincinnati. I I know the schedule makers have a hard job, but it gets better. Not only did the Atlanta Braves play Sunday night baseball, they had to fly cross-country that night to play the Oakland A's. At the Coliseum. By the way, teams stay in San Francisco, not in Oakland, when they're playing the A. So that makes it a longer commute as well. If they didn't hit BP, they lose the first two games of that series. Not making excuses. It's professionals. But 
yo, why are we making the Braves play Sunday night baseball before a cross-country six-hour flight? What are we doing, man? All right, little rant's over. Sorry about that. That's that's just how I had to get that off my chest. All right, we're going to talk uh, a little bit about the comments from Craig Council after this game. Highlights a little bit later on. Worthy to the bottom of the hour. Big show here today on Brewers Extra Innings. Coming up, more Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Brewers get the win 4-2. I'm Dominic Catronio. They needed it. Doesn't get easier tomorrow. We're going to preview that matchup coming up here in just a moment. But first, I want to hear from Craig Council after Julio Tehran took the ball and shoved six innings without allowing an earned run. Didn't even need a strikeout to do it. Here's the manager, Craig Council. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, we play every day and there's some crazy stuff that happens. But, um, you know, we, we pitched well. Um, I thought Julio was excellent. I mean, he's just he just really has a you know, feels like he you know, has a good idea of swings and um, and he tonight it, I don't think his cutter was great tonight, so we went to his change up a little bit more tonight and um, but he's on the edges and he's uh, got a good idea of where to go and when to do it and um, just pitching with a lot of like savvy and a veteran uh, that really knows what he's doing. It's just a pitcher, right? Yeah, was, I mean pitchability, um, it's um it's it's on display. I mean and it's and it's effective and it's you know, that's two starts of uh, really, really solid work against against good teams. We love just um, the sinker today and how effective that was for him. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, he uses the sinker, but it's like there's some time, like he's throwing it up and in, he's throwing it up and away, um, and and there's, you know, a lot of fly balls the opposite field tonight, I thought. Um, so it's... But then he then he jams it on their hands and it's a and that makes him that that speeds him up and and opens up the the outer lane. So um, you know he, he really him and Vic worked really well together and did a nice job. How about the early runs from uh, Toro there? That home run was yeah, it was, I mean, it was a big hit. We did a nice job kind of getting the leadoff hitter on a bunch and um, got a big hit there. And then Owen had another huge hit for us. Um, Owen, Owen Miller's done a, done a heck of a job for us. I mean, it, it's um, the at bats, just the quality that bats um, every single time are, are good, and he came up with a huge hit. But you know, Abe for his first time in the lineup and um, came up with a big hit first time up. What, what about the at bats against um, Manoa and just like it was like a lot of deep counts? Yeah. Uh, putting a lot of pressure on him. Just felt like he was really grinding tonight. Yeah, I mean, he he wiggled out of a bunch of stuff, but um, you know, we put pressure on him. Got to their bullpen fairly early, um, and in the end, hopefully that that set us up for a couple runs later. Um, but we did a nice job just making him work for sure. There's no no easy outs. How about the job that Yoel did to get out of that? Yeah, I mean, both, I thought Yoel and Striz, Striz had to face the, the top of the lineup, um, and then Yoel made some big pitches um, after they, you know, kind of two infield hits, basically, um, and then I had to make some big pitches and did. Craig, going back to uh, Toro for a little bit, kind of still maybe trying to piece it all together in the majors. First look with you guys, uh, what does that do? Yeah, I mean, one, he's... He's a Canadian, and, and so happy for him. I mean, that's a, you know, that's not a small thing. I think it coming coming here and getting called up and with a new team and having a big day on your first day. So 
very happy for him. Very happy for Julio Tehran as well. I mean, his journey and, and pitching as the way he is, is that's cool. But um, really, really happy for, for Abe to just, um, you know, make an impact. I think that's what any player wants to do. They want to, they, they, they get called up, um, they get a shot, they want to do something to help the team, and, and he's got that out of the way. They both have really helped the team to this point in the season. We mentioned Julio's great first two starts. And once again, I mean, just the full season slash line for Owen Miller is certainly impressive enough, right? I mean, given here's a guy that had to fight his way onto the team, prove his worth, uh, you know, given he was optionable, wasn't quite a guarantee to make the club. Injuries obviously had something to do with that, but he also performed very well in spring training. Here's the full year now for Owen Miller in 133 plate appearances, so not a small sample size anymore. A 331 batting average, a 368 on base. The fact that his average and his on base are so close to each other indicates the fact that he's just getting hits. He's not walking really all that much. An 876 OPS. How about the fact that your second baseman has a 508 slugging percentage so far this year? Mostly via doubles, 10 doubles, 4 homers on the full season for Owen Miller. He's got 14 extra base hits, 19 strikeouts. The dude refuses to strike out. He hates striking out. So good to see from him getting things going uh, and continuing to play well for his hometown team. Looking ahead to tomorrow, Kevin Gossman, Freddie Peralta. Gossman's been great. Freddie Peralta's been up and down so far this season. They really need him to take the reins like Corbin Burns did the other day, even though it was in defeat against the Giants. Gossman, over from the Giants a couple of years ago, he really unlocked his splitter last season with the Blue Jays. 31 starts, 175 innings. Uh, He had 205 strikeouts, back-to-back seasons with over 200 strikeouts, the only two such seasons in his career. He had 227 in his walk year with the Giants back in 2021. But this year, the strikeouts are certainly still there. The walks are not coming back either. But he has allowed a few more runs. He's got a 303 earned run average, 23 earned runs. He's allowed six homers, 89 strikeouts, though, and only 16 walks. He is going to be somebody that is going to rely on that splitter, gets a ton of swing and miss on the pitch, and he's somebody that deserves Cy Young consideration the last few years with the Giants and with now the, the Blue Jays the last two years. He gets a ton of chases specifically on that splitter. Looks so much like his four-seamer until the last possible moment. A well-executed splitter is just mm, chef's kiss. Opponents are only hitting 186 on his splitter with a 46% whiff rate. That is going to be a tall order. He's got a slider. He's also got the four-seamer. The four-seamer, oh, by the way, sits 94. So he's not going to be an easy task tomorrow against the Blue Jays. As for Freddy Peralta, the dude is so talented, and he knows it, and he hasn't quite strung it together in the month of May. He's had a couple of solid starts, like against the Dodgers, six strong innings back in early May. He also had six strong innings in Colorado when he struck out 10 double-digit Ks again in Denver. But since those two starts, he's really come back down to earth. He had a good start against Tampa, a few more walks than he would have liked. But in his last start, remember, that was a start that Willie Adamas was injured in, had the concussion. He was rattled, clearly gave up a career-high 10 runs in that game. Only four of them were earned, though, because of a couple of errors. I think he's really looking forward to flushing that, and not only that, but flushing the month of May. 
He had a 5.61 ERA in the month of May. Opponents hit 279 off of him that month. So he's going to try to get off to the right foot in the month of June. Get the strikeouts back. I mean, the Brewers as a team have barely had starters, for one, go deep into games, and two, get a lot of strikeouts. It's just been not their usual uh, setup with the way that they rely on the strikeouts in years past this year. They are well below league average as an entire pitching staff at strikeouts. In fact, they're just shy of 40 strikeouts uh, less than league average uh, for their season total. But when you look at double-digit strikeout performances, the Brewers haven't had many of those either. They haven't had many quality starts either. They've been giving up more runs than you would expect. The Brewers have had 21 quality starts. League average is 19. So would love to see Freddie get back on track with a little bit of length. They got another one tonight. They'll make it 22 quality starts from uh, Julio Tehran. We're going to relive this one coming up next. Some highlights and having some fun from a 4-2 victory at the Rogers Center. The Brewers trying to win the series tomorrow. Stay with us on Brewers Extra Innings. Coming up, more Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. And this... Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. I can tell you what you're not going to hear in these highlights. A strikeout for only the seventh time in Brewers franchise history. They play a game with no walks and no strikeouts. The Brewers and the Blue Jays. Game two of a three-game series here in in Canada and Ontario for this one. And also a roster move at the start of this series, bringing the Canadian home, Abraham Torres from Montreal, though, of course, down the street. But more to him in a moment. The Brewers started him at third base at the Rogers Center as Julio Tehran was starting on the mound. And he got out of a jam early, got Vladimir Guerrero Jr. to ground into a double play. And he also had a couple of other jams later on in the show that he ended up allowing only one unearned run. However, the offense got going thanks to the Canadian export, Abraham Toro. Line down the right field line. This is up and it is gone. Abraham Toro goes deep just inside the right field foul pole. And the Brewers with a 2-0 lead as Toro with his first of the season. Lane Grindle on the call there. The Brewers take the lead early. Tehran was rolling along, only allowed the one earned run, unearned run in the uh, bottom of the fifth inning. But fast forward now with the Brewers still hanging on, trying to figure out something against the Blue Jays' bullpen. Former Brewer Trevor Richards came in. He was dominant, had three straight strikeouts at one point, all on his nasty changeup. Then in the seventh inning, things started to pick up again for the Brew crew. With one out, Joey Weimer lined a single back up the middle. He had a two-hit night. Then Christian Yelich managed a single into left center field to put runners on first and second with one out and Owen Miller at the play. But before he would actually put the ball in play, a clutch double steal put Yelich to second and Weimer to third. The Blue Jays would challenge to no avail. So now you got two men in scoring position with one out for the Brewers' hottest hitter in the month of May, Owen Miller. Line drive, left field, pulled into the corner, a fair ball. That's going to drive them both home. Over to get it is Varsho. Throw to second base, not in time. Owen oh, a head first dive. It's a two-run double. It would get a little stressful in the bottom half of the inning, though, after a leadoff double 
and then a single by Whit Merrifield and Matt Chapman. It was suddenly sec. Your runners on the corners with nobody out. However, Yoel Piams would hunker down and only allow a run to score on a ground out in the uh, up the middle on a great play by Bryce Terang. That was the only run that scored in the inning. It made those insurance runs from Owen Miller all the more important. That made the score four to two. Peter Strzelecki had the tall task at the top of the order in the bottom of the eighth inning. He got George Springer, Bo Bichette, and Vlad Guerrero Jr. in order. And then finally in the ninth, it was Devin Williams. He allowed a leadoff double to Dalton Varshow. He got Matt Chapman to ground out, Whit Merrifield to ground out, and it was all up to the last batter of the day, Alejandro Kirk with a knack for contact. Devin again looks back at Varshow at second base. Set at the chest, the 2-1 pitch. Line right back into the glove of Devin Williams, and this ball game is over. Devin had to do the matrix and squeeze it, and the Brewers have even this series at a game apiece. It was a big win for the Brew Crew and a big performance from the pitching staff once again. How crazy is this? No walks, no strikeouts for the entire pitching staff. And Julio Tehran, six strong innings, only four hits, one unearned run, no walks, and no strikeouts. For him too. They'll go for the finale tomorrow at 12.07 Central Time. Kevin Gossman against Freddie Peralta. Take our last break and back with one more segment on Brewers Extra Innings. On deck, more Brewers Extra Innings. New rules, same old Bob Euchre. Time call now. Here's a penalty offside. All season <laughs> long, right here on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Let's take a little stroll around the league here at this point, shall we? Reminder, if you're listening in podcast form, tell your friends, Brewers All Access. I had somebody tweet me the other day, like, hey, did I just discover this by accident that you're doing WTMJ stuff? Now? Yes. This started last year. Where have you been? No, I'm just kidding. Brewers All Access, that's the feed you'll get. Our show here, Brewers Extra Innings, uh, after every single game that we do, uh, it's just the only games we don't have a show are weekday day games. So we don't have a show tomorrow. But alas, we have Brewers Weekly tomorrow night. I think I've got a guest lined up for this one. Don't want to guarantee it yet. Don't want to spoil it yet. But uh, should be good to go for that one tomorrow night. That will appear in your podcast feed as well on Brewers Weekly. You'll also get Brewers uh, 360 uh, in the Brewers All Access feed. That is from Wisconsin's Morning News. Every morning, somebody around the Brewers will make an appearance and have a little levity with it and check in with the team as well. Craig Council, Matt Arnold, uh, Sophia Minnert, Adam McCalvey, and uh, Jeff Levering all make appearances throughout the week and you can catch that in the podcast feed as well and the highlights and the shows here in full commercial free wherever you get your podcasts so taking a stroll around the uh, scoreboard right now and looking at what's going on and what's to come here for the brewers uh, and what's going on at least in the uh, central division right now and the cubs they were going for a sweep against the rays they lost in that one 4 to 3 and now they hold their breath on what's going on with Justin Steele he has been one of the best lefties in the game to this point in the year he was pulled in the third due to forearm issues so see what kind of recovery he will be facing the pirates beat the giants 9 to 4 they've won the first two games uh, of that series as well. 
9-4 to four to final 14 hits in that one. Mitch Keller was tremendous once again. Mitch Keller has got a 3-2-5 ERA and 12 starts, 7-1 record, a 1.08 whip. He has been a huge send for the Pirates, stepping into his own so far this season. Uh, the Reds won a series at Fenway. They're only three games under 500. The Reds, they win 5-4. to four. They may or may not have Ellie De La Cruz, another top prospect, uh, in all of baseball, joining the Reds this week. And that is a rumor that is unsubstantiated at this point. We will see what happens in that regard if we're going to see one of the most electric prospects for the Rays and in all of baseball coming up this weekend uh, on the riverfront. Elsewhere in baseball, the Twins beat up on the Astros. Louis Varland, the brother of Gus Varland, former Brewer, 8-2 to two the win for the Twins in that one over the Strohs. The Mets beat the Phillies for the second straight night, despite only having four hits, or excuse me, five hits in this one. A 4-1 final. The Mets' big hit was from Aaron, or excuse me, from Mark Canna off of Aaron Nola, a two-run shot. He had a four, all four RBIs in that game for the Metropolitans as they will go for the win tomorrow. They now have won 17 of their last 22 games head-to-head with the Phillies have the Mets. And those two teams have been very interesting to this point in the year. I know I've said for a long time, we don't look at the standings until the trade deadline or even the all-star break at the earliest. And I'm not going to do it yet, but I'm just going to look at some records here for you to help fill some time here at the end of the program. The Rays, with that win over the over the Cubs, are the first team to 40 wins in baseball. And while you haven't really been looking, the Orioles have the second-best record in baseball, and they come to town next week. So... Just because they're in second place, technically, remember, we're not looking at, at standings at this point, doesn't mean they're a bad team. And they've got a series coming up with the uh, Giants after an off day tomorrow. Then you've got uh, another, the AL Central has the Twins at 29-27, and 27, then everybody else is under 500. The Tigers, they beat the Rangers today. They're 26-28, and 28, but they just had Riley Green hit the injured list due to a stress fracture, so wish him a speedy recovery. The Dodgers and Freddie Freeman are ridiculous in the month of May. They are really hitting their stride. I know I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but I just want to give you the numbers now about Freddie Freeman's ridiculous May. He is undoubtedly going to be the player of the month for the National League in the month of May. He hit 400 Four zero zero this month. They lost to the Nationals today, though, ten to six. But he hit four hundred. He had seventeen doubles with six homers and an eleven eighty four OPS and a seven twenty two slugging percentage. Absolutely ridiculous stuff from Freddie Freeman. His former team, the Braves, they're thirty three and twenty three. They just lost a series to the Oakland A's, baby. I'm just kidding. You know, you guys know how I feel about Oakland. You guys know I've got some connections there. Uh, the A's still have the worst record in baseball. They are 12 and 46. They will be in town, not this coming weekend, obviously, but next weekend for a three game set against the Oakland Athletics and former Brewer, Mark Kotze, a member of that 2011 team. A lot of fun memories for him and him and Craig Council, obviously, go way back as well. So looking forward to seeing him. As far as well uh, on that weekend series. And then they've only got one more series of the Brewers do against the American League West. That'll come in August. It's against the Texas Rangers, who are also tied for the second best record in baseball. They're at 35 and 20, but we mentioned a moment ago they lost to the Tigers today. And they've next up have got a series with the Seattle Mariners. And the Mariners are in action right now 
against the Yankees. What a good one they've got going on at T-Mobile Park. That game is scoreless. Yankees and Mariners. It was Clark Schmidt getting the spot start today for the Yankees. He got seven strikeouts working into the sixth. George Kirby has been great. Seven strong shutout innings with five Ks. He's only got 85 pitches, so he may be going back out there for the top of the eighth inning, and indeed he is. And uh, just checking in on old friend Colton Long, it has not been a fun season for Colton. Colton to this point hitting 159 with a 187 slugging percentage. He has got 17 hits on the year. Only three of them are for extra bases. He is still looking for his first home run as a Mariner this season. All right, that's a look around baseball here as we wrap up the program. Again, we're on the air tomorrow at 11.30. We've got you covered for Brewers and Blue Jays, the finale of the series up in Rogers Center in Ontario, 12.07 first pitch here. We will not have Brewers extra innings for you after the game tomorrow, but don't worry, at 8 o'clock here Central Time, I've got Brewers Weekly for you. Hope you can join us where we break things down a little bit more Uh, succinctly with a little more time to talk about broader subjects and what's to come for the Brewers this season. Then they get ready for the Cincinnati Reds, a four-game set the first time seeing the Red Legs this season. My thanks to Jeff Cirillo and to Sam Butson, our producer. I'm Dom Catronio. Keep on swinging.